Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. And thank you so much for joining us today. Just wanted to give everybody an update because Nikki Haley made this big announcement that she was going to give a speech at noon. It was a state of the race address, whatever that means. And it turns out what it means, actually, is that she's not dropping out. So I I was waiting for this, thinking that she probably, not probably, but I did talk to a couple people this morning and I said, what else is she going to say? Besides, it's got to be that she's dropping out. And the other reason I thought that maybe she would, you know, see the writing on the wall is because there's a new poll out. It's an Emerson and uh, the Hill poll, and it shows that Trump is leading Haley uh, by 23 points in South Carolina, which is obviously the state she was governor of. And that primary is coming up February 24th. So I just figured it's a tough look if she has future presidential ambitions beyond this. Um, it, it's a tough thing for people to be able to point to that and say, remember that time you lost your state by X amount of points. So I kind of thought maybe there was a chance that she would avoid that humiliation and drop out now. But apparently, according to the Chirons I'm seeing, She is going nowhere. Now, the question I would ask if I were in the audience is, what is your path to victory? Like, how how are you going to win? And of course, she doesn't have one. There's really no way that she would be able to win. Um, But I don't want to actually start with that right now. I want to start with Donald Trump and the story about the the civil case. And the reason I want to start with this is because yesterday we were talking about Trump's court-ordered staggering penalties in the civil fraud case in New York, where Judge Engeron fined him more than $350 million. And as AG Letitia Tish, some people call her Tish James, who every time I see a photo of her, by the way, she is smiling from ear to ear. She cannot wipe the grin off of her face. That's actually something her and the judge have in common. She gleefully reported that it would be probably over $400 million that Trump was going to have to cough up. And there was plenty of speculation over how the former president would come up with this money. You know, how financially liquid is he? I was a bit perplexed the whole time yesterday. I kept thinking, well... I mean, most likely it's not even going to, this verdict's not even going to stand. I I kept thinking to myself, this is going to be corrected by judges in the New York appellate division. So why are we all talking about this? Especially because there's no victims in this case. There was no real precedent for this kind of severe financial penalty when there's no victims involved to speak of. But here's what I did not realize. And Jonathan Turley's calling it the poison pill in New York. I ha- I hadn't heard of this. I did not realize this yesterday. 
that uh, and I started reading about it as more coverage of the verdict came out that in order for Trump to appeal this decision by Judge Engeron, he has to post four hundred million dollars to just appeal it. And even though I still think this is going to help Trump in the long run, and I once again, I think that this is a classic case of the radical left doing what they do best, which is overplaying their hand, getting too excited and overplaying their hand politically. But even so, it's really sad to see this happening in the United States of America. I was going through a lot of headlines this morning and you can just feel the enthusiasm and the excitement from these media outlets that are writing about this. They're all so thrilled to be able to tell you, oh, you think, and the headlines are things like this. How How is it going to get worse for Trump? Trust us, it is. Everything's very cute. You know, they're very excited and, and they just, they can't even hold back the happiness that they're feeling. And it's pathetic, obviously. It's transparent. We can all understand what's happening using the legal system and politically motivated bad actors like Letitia James, like this judge, but watching them use the legal system to try to destroy what Democrats see as their political enemy. And, you know, if you want to zoom out, what they see as a threat to their power is frightening. The media is giddy over this. They consider this a huge victory for Democrats, you know, a a huge feather in their cap as far as getting orange man bad, getting Trump. And they think because in their minds, because their mission is so righteous, that it's a wonderful thing that they're weaponizing our justice system against one guy. And it's amazing how people can convince themselves of anything as long as they think they're doing the right thing. And today I was looking at this quote that came across my desk and it was John Adams and he wrote, he wrote this to Thomas Jefferson. He said, power always thinks it has a great soul and vast views beyond the comprehension of the weak and that it is doing God's service when it is violating all his laws. And that's really what I see here. It's people who, because they think they're doing such a service for all of us in taking down this guy, they don't realize the precedent they're setting. They don't realize the road that they're leading us all down. And it's a really rocky one. It's a really dangerous one. And, but, but this is kind of actually, when you think about it, this is the Democrats in a nutshell. They do this all the time. Remember what Brett Kavanaugh told them when they were all attacking Brett Kavanaugh and they were coming up with all these false accusations that he was a gang rapist and all these other things. And he said, you're going to reap what you sow here. This is not a good way to get what you want. And he was right. And we've heard this time and time again. And they've been warned about these things time and time again. But they don't care. Now you have Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. He was on Fox and he was saying no one's going to want to invest in New York. No one's going to want to bring their businesses here. You have Kathy Hochul, the governor, trying to assure business owners, oh, no, we're not going to treat you like we're treating Trump. Why anyone will believe that, I don't know. And then you have Nancy Pelosi and she's going on TV and she's just outright smearing Donald Trump. And it's starting to feel, at least for me, it's starting to feel like we're right back in 2016. 
I want to play you this cut. Uh, this is Nancy Pelosi with Jen Psaki. Let's have cut 15, please. Yes, the, the dollars. So I don't know what he has on him, but I think it's probably financial. I think it's probably financial, either something financial he has on him or something on the come. Yeah, oh, let me something ask you that. that. He you, you, as to you get. Just- Nancy Pelosi is talking about Putin. She says, you know, it's probably something financial that he has on Donald Trump. This is deja vu. Soon we're going to be talking about compromat and blackmail and, and maybe a dirty dossier, maybe a prostitutes peeing in a hotel on Trump. Like, are we just going to bring back all that's old is new again? Are we just going to do this all over again? And it really makes you understand why you need re- repercussions for lies like this. And when people look at the Russia hoax, no one was ever punished for that. Nobody ever had to apologize for making up all of these lies and trying to undermine a duly elected president. Hillary Clinton got away with it. Christopher Steele got all these people got away with it. And so now they're just bringing it back. Now they're just revamping it again, because why not? If you never are held accountable, if the media goes right along with you in promoting these bogus claims against Donald Trump, then just do it again. It worked the first time around and then they had COVID. And so they're going to bring it back. They can't bring COVID back. They understand that they, they, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. That's not going to work. But they'll try Russia again. Russia, the, the Russia hoax and this whole thing about Putin and Trump being, you know, even though Putin has said multiple times, you know, I'm a fan of Joe Biden. Uh, I, I want Joe Biden to win. It makes sense. I mean, look at all he's been able to do, all the damage he's been able to do since Joe Biden was president. But... This whole idea of fear mongering about Putin and Trump, it really did have this like Svengali effect over their voters. And I will tell you this, if the voters out there went for it once, they'll probably go for it again. They'll probably hear all of this nonsense from Nancy Pelosi and Jen Psaki and The Washington Post and go, oh, yeah, we can't risk it. Trump is, you know, he's in bed with the Kremlin. It doesn't matter that they have no proof or they have they they don't even have any logic to this. They just throw it out there and it's like crack. It's it's like crack for the Democrat voters. They're obsessed with this idea. They cannot let it go. 844-500-4242. But that's why you need you need to hold people accountable for fake news and bad journalism and plots to overthrow a duly elected president, because if you don't, if they think they're untouchable, if they think there's no punishment and there's no price to pay for lying when it's politically convenient, they'll do it again. And they're doing it again right now. And the frightening part of it is it probably is going to work. That's how stupid people are. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we'll take your calls on this. I want to hear what you think. Nikki Haley says she's not dropping out of the race. She, um, Her big thing is that 70% of Americans don't want a Trump-Biden matchup and that we shouldn't have two people in their 80s running for president or, you know, that that shouldn't be the final uh, match. And so... She's really leaning into the age thing. It doesn't matter, though, because she doesn't have any support and she's not going to win any of these primaries, which is important. It's important. So I I hope somebody asks her, you know, what what do you plan on doing 
besides just, you know, she's taken in a lot of money from donors, but that doesn't translate to actually winning anything, as as we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Recently, a Grace Curley show listener, Candace, called into the show to tell us how much she loved her thunderstorms. Her furnace was serviced, and afterwards, the smell of oil was lingering in her home. She turned on the thunderstorms and watched the magic happen. What the thunderstorm does, it's really cool. It eliminates odors. So whether it's tobacco, pet smells, anything funky, musty basement odors, the thunderstorm can just get rid of them. And it's quiet. doesn't take up a lot of floor space. It's very easy to use. It actually doesn't take up any floor space because you plug it right into the wall. It's super easy to use and it's really effective. You want the thunderstorm. And right now you can get the thunderstorm three pack. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Check out the three pack special. It's the perfect size. You're going to love it. With a three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, your office, or even your car. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com. And use code GRACE and the number three. When we come back, we're going to play some sound for you. We're going to take your calls, and we got a lot more to get to. This is The Grace Curley Show. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. This is from Jonathan Turley. Under New York law, Trump cannot appeal this ruling without depositing the full amount, including interest, in a court account. Even for Trump, $455 million is hard to come by. Likewise, a bond would require a company to guarantee payment for a defendant who has been barred from doing business in New York and is facing the need to liquidate much of his portfolio. Nothing succeeds like excess for judges like Engeron. By imposing this astronomical figure, he can make it difficult or impossible for a defendant to appeal, absent declaring bankruptcy or selling off assets at distressed prices. And that last part about selling off assets comes into play a lot because some people are wondering if he's going to start selling um, a lot of his famous buildings in New York City. But there's there's another idea, and it's in the New York Post today, which we're going to get to, that actually could help Trump make some of this money or, or at least f- get liquid with some of this and he wouldn't have to sell trump tower he wouldn't even have to sell a building with his name on it so we'll talk about that in his real estate portfolio but today's poll question is brought to you by perfect smiles don't be fooled by imposters with similar names if you're unhappy with your smile you need to visit dr bruce houghton in nashua call 1-844 perfect smile or visit perfectsmiles.com. there is a GoFundMe that has been set up for donald trump in this legal battle. And that brings us to our PQ of the day. Emma Foley's on the board. Emma, what's the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question is, would you donate to Trump's legal defense? Yes or no? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I I saw this GoFundMe and here's why. I think it's a twofer. One is because I think he's being screwed. I think this is uh, um, abuse of our legal system and it's grotesque and it's very Stalinesque and I don't like it. But number two, I think that the GoFundMe is going to drive liberals like Joy Behar and others absolutely insane. And for me, that is worth the price of admission. That right there is like re- the ROI, the return on investment, beautiful. So I would. I would 100% donate to this GoFundMe. And you know what I'm starting to think, Emma? I think I'll give it like a 
maybe 24 hours until we start hearing liberals question whether or not for what they'll come up with some reason this is even legal for him to have a GoFundMe. Like for some reason, it's going to be illegal. There's going to be some loophole that orange man bad can't use GoFundMe. I don't know what it is yet, but based off this case, maybe they can get Judge Engeron on it. Based off this case, they can find things. Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. They will figure out a way to freak out about this GoFundMe. But yes, my answer is I would donate. 61% say yes, they would donate, and 39% say no. I I think it's great. I think you're not only are you donating to a good cause, but in the process, you are sending the Trump derangement syndrome sufferers into a whole new dimension. They'll be freaking out about that. And by the way, the GoFundMe's already been set up, and it's already brought in. A, a good deal of money. I think the last time I checked, it was at 500K. Emma, maybe you can check that for me. It's uh, The goal is obviously $355 million. I don't know if they're going to raise that. But uh, as of Saturday, it raised more than $185,000. That was from uh, The Hill. But I think since then, it's raised even more. We'll continue to talk about that. But here's a little bit more information. So there's an office building on West 52nd Street. And Trump owns a passive 30% stake. Now, this is from the New York Post. It says, as Donald Trump faces $355 million in court-ordered penalties for conspiring to overstate his his worth, all eyes are on his most valuable, if unsung, uh, New York City asset, an office building where he owns a 30% passive stake. So if he sells this, and this is a a Manhattan landlord said, it would be ironic if Donald escapes by way of a building that doesn't even have his name on it. So that's an option for Trump. But I do think it's it's unfair, obviously, that he's going to have to try to sell one of his properties because of this ridiculous order by this judge. Uh, we do have the GoFundMe up. He's up to $678,000. Not too shabby. And when you think about it, if every single person just gave a dollar, all of his supporters, right there, you'd have you'd have a pretty good chunk of change. $74 million? Yeah, right around that. And again, it's not enough to totally, but it, it doesn't hurt. You know, it really doesn't hurt. 844-500-4242. When we come back... We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Nikki Haley. And I want to talk about illegal immigration because for a very long time, it has been affecting the Empire State, specifically the Big Apple, New York City. And Mayor Eric Adams was involved in this kind of problem with debit cards, giving debit cards to illegal aliens. 50 Cent, the rapper, saw a headline about this and threw in his two cents about how this was not fair. And since then, more information has come out about this debit card boondoggle, as the New York Post is describing it. And wait till you get a load of this. I mean, this is talk about government corruption to a T. This has all of the markings of a scam. It's actually giving me flashbacks to COVID-19 and uh, how many different programs are taking advantage of during that fiasco. So we will come back with that. We'll also talk about um, some recent crimes that have occurred, including a brawl on Randall's Island at that 10 city. 
that and so much more when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. The GoFundMe that was put together for Donald Trump's legal issues or, you know, defense was put together by the wife of a real estate man from New York. And I actually I was just on his Twitter and he put up a meme that's going around. It's the judge in this case, Judge Engeron. And it says one judge just killed New York City's real estate potential or real estate investments. And it's crazy when you think about it because, well, there's so many reasons why it's crazy. But one of the reasons I keep going back to is, is New York City really in a position to be scaring away people from bringing their businesses to the city? Like, out of, out of all, there's plenty of places in this country right now that are not in a position to be shooing away business. But New York City is definitely at the top of the list. They should be on their hands and knees begging people to come there, you know, and offering them breaks and telling them how, you know, how nice and um, warm an environment it's going to be if you want to invest in real estate there. And instead, what do you have? You have this witch hunt. It's so unnecessary. And if I were a business person in New York City, I would be out of my mind. And that's why Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, he's been on Fox the last couple of days just saying this is not going to be good for New York's real estate portfolio, which is already suffering tremendously. And it's hard to imagine why, like, forget people who are already there. If you're already there, that's one thing, you know, and, and you're you're tied up with real estate there. And yeah, you could sell, but you might stay there for a while. But I always think about people who are starting businesses. Like, think about a young person who's starting some sort of business. Would you ever think to go there, given the way businesses have been treated? Not just the example of Donald Trump, but go back to COVID. There are so many examples. There's so many reasons why you would go elsewhere. And I don't say that. I, I don't want that to be the case you know it would be nice if there could be a renaissance for new york city it's a wonderful place and it was a wonderful place for a really long time and unfortunately now due to corrupt politicians and crazy judges this is what we have and another layer of irony here is when you think about all the things that trump has done for new york city for a long time before he ran for president he was considered like an icon there he was considered when you thought of the Big Apple, you thought of Donald Trump. And just to see how crazy these people who at one point loved him so much, to see how crazy they've become, it's it's something to behold. Uh, Alan, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Alan. Hey, Grace, thanks for taking my call. Um, Grace, and I, I had just tuned in. Uh, just before you went to commercial break, and I heard you talk about the um, the GoFundMe account. Um, quick question, though. Can we trust GoFundMe where they froze the assets going to the Canadian truckers? 
Yeah, it's a really good point. A lot of people are saying he should be using give, send, go. I, I don't know if it's his best option. Um, I would definitely tell him to do give, send, go, but it's what they've already chosen to do. So I'm just reporting or I'm just, you know, explaining to people what's already what's already happening. It's a really good point, though, Alan. And speaking of the truckers, I'm glad you brought that up because there's been talk of truckers boycotting New York City in response to this penalty that Trump's being asked to pay. Um, can I have, let's see, let's have cut eight. This is trucker Chicago Ray. Truckers have let bosses know they will refuse loads for New York City. This is cut eight. They're going to start refusing loads in New York City starting on Monday. I got about three drivers that I drive with. They already vibrated the boss and told them they ain't going to New York City. So I, I don't know uh, how far across the country this is or how many truckers are going to start denying loads to go going to New York City. But huh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's one of my favorite expressions. It's not the, it's it's not the classiest of all the expressions out there. Bleep around and find out, but it always it always hits. You know, it always sends a message. Um, this is this is what happens though when people feel like the system, or you know, whether you're talking the just justice system, the government is all attacking one guy. And when you start to see like the women on The View and Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and they're all celebrating, they all think this is such a great thing. They have no idea that revolutions eat their own. You know, this this could be happening to you and it could be happening to you a lot faster than you think. I go back to that Mitch McConnell quote. He was warning Harry Reid about the filibuster. He said, you know, you might come to regret this and you might come to regret it even faster than you think. And that ended up being very true. And it's it's just it goes back to not being able to see beyond what's right in front of you, like not being able to think, would I like this if it were happening to me? Would I like if Letitia James hated me for whatever political reason? And if she came after my net worth or she came after everything I worked for, how would I feel? Use this for the illegal immigration issue. It's these same people. None of these people could ever think to themselves, how would I feel if my neighborhood and my resources and my kids were being booted from their recreational centers? Would I understand what the people in Texas and Arizona are going through? They couldn't go that far. They, they, they couldn't make the leap. Dave, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Grace. Yeah, you know, what has happened is so un-American that one single judge can basically devalue all the property in in New York right now. Yeah. Because it's all of a sudden, it's all less desirable. Yeah, that and that's exactly what the meme said. One judge has managed to devalue the properties in New York City, and it's frightening. And it's also just, there's something about this that here's the only thing that's giving me a little bit of comfort or, you know, that I'm taking stock in is that when you look at, for example, when you look at the Supreme Court's latest decision or, you know, what it's looking like their decision is going to be when it comes to kicking Trump off the ballot, there are still 
whether you're talking about judges or justices, there are still people who might be liberal, but also understand what's right and what's wrong. And they understand what you risk when you start kind of going rogue and punishing people because you don't like their politics. And I can't remember who it was I had on the show. It might have been David Marcus who said there are still people out there. There's judges in California, for example, who are seeing some of these cases come up and are saying, you know, I don't like Trump either, but this isn't going to stand. And that's where I am hopeful is that when Trump does appeal this, it sucks that he's going to have to put up $400 million to do it. That to me is outrageous. But I guess it's the rule in New York is you have to put up the money in order to appeal. And it's terrible that he's going to have to, you know, put some of his assets up for sale. It seems like it's going to be a fire sale of sorts. That's not right. But that is what it is at this point. But I'm hopeful that if this gets to the appellate division, that um, I think it's a five judge panel, that they'll be able to restore some common sense and some decency to the legal system. Uh, Harry, you're up on the Grace Curley show. What's going on, Harry? How you doing? I'm a New Yorker. I moved to Vermont. And um, <laughs> uh, I, the reason why those truckers aren't going to come into the city is because they, they're desperate because of these refugees who have absolutely drained uh, the, the the budget of New York. And what's happened is that if, if any trucker or any any car, any car coming into the city will pay a tax uh, of, uh, ranging from anyway from 35 to 55 to to $100 just to show up uh, on, on, on uh, if you work at the stock exchange or one of those places. Yeah, well, Harry, I just want to say this, though. A lot of places in New York City, they're dealing with an influx of illegal aliens because governors in, you know, Florida and Texas, they're busing migrants or illegal aliens to the Big Apple, to Chicago, to some of these Democrat run cities. But you just said you're from Vermont and you guys are actually dealing with the illegal aliens that are coming in through the northern border. And I was just reading about that today and it's hunting season in Vermont. And suddenly you have all these people kind of in the woods in the back of people's houses it's got to be very very dangerous um have you seen that in in vermont have you read those stories or have yeah, you seen I, it firsthand I, I heard about it in fact yeah, i heard about it the other night uh i live in southern vermont near the um, uh, massachusetts and new hampshire border but from what i understand there's 600 of them legally uh, illegal aliens up in burlington well they're a very they're a very left-wing town burlington and therefore they're going to have to pay for that. They, but they've always, lately, because they, lately they've had a lot of homeless, from what I understand, from the local farmer. And um, so that, I, you know, I don't know. They're, yes, they're coming across the border. I understand uh, they've had uh, Chinese as well coming across. So they really should be fortifying our borders. But the North, what the, what the hell? You know? Yeah, well, the Chinese the Chinese uh, illegal immigrant issue is actually up 4,000 percent. And that's a story that we can get to at some point today, up 4,000 percent since 2021. So Harry's right on the money with that. But I was I was hearing about this today in Vermont. And they actually had video of illegal aliens, you know, roaming the, the woods and running through there. And Ainsley brought up the fact that it was hunting season and that if people were out hunting, it was dangerous because you're going to you know, see people that you might not expect someone there. And I was thinking, well, it's also dangerous if you accidentally 
you know, if you're hunting and all of a sudden you have all these people running through the woods, you don't want to accidentally shoot somebody like that. That's another element of this that I, I hope we don't hear about. But that wouldn't shock me if that becomes a national headline at some point. So, yeah, there's there's all these issues. When we come back, though, we're going to move it back to New York City and talk about Mayor Adams's migrant debit card boondoggle. No bid bank gets $50 million. Border border crossers are going to get up to $10,000 each. And I think that's kind of lowballing it. Just just my hot take. When we come back, we'll take more of your calls. I appreciate everybody for calling in already. It's 844-500-4242. The Nossip Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways. Jared has stayed at the Nossip Beach Inn. He loved it there. It's a beautiful spot. And Cape Cod is such a great place all year round. Some people only think of Cape Cod for the summer. I'm here to tell you that you're doing yourself a disservice. You should be checking out Cape, Cape Cod in the wintertime. It's so peaceful. It's less crowded. A lot of things are still open. Tons of restaurants are still open. Tons of stores. And you can enjoy the Cape on your own time and really just soak in the beauty of Nossip Beach Inn. So the Nossip Beach Inn is so gorgeous. It's got fire pits. The views are incredible. Fireplaces if you want to stay inside the rooms. And it's an unbelievable spot on Cape Cod. You can see the stars clearly. It steps from the beach. And the price is right. I know for my listeners, that's a huge part of it. The price is definitely right. Right now, you can stay at the Nasa Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. So don't delay. These rooms go fast. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to NossetBeachInn.com. It's a great place to stay. Whether you want to go as a couple or you want to take the whole family, the possibilities are endless. So go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. We've got a lot more to get to in this show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Well, I hope that she's dropping out the race, to be honest with you. Here's what we know. She can't win her own home state. There's no other state in the nation. If you can't win your home state... There's no other place to win. She's down by at least 25 to 30 points here in South Carolina. The best thing she can do for the nation is to drop out the race, endorse Donald Trump, and let us start focusing on Joe Biden. Yeah, that was Senator Tim Scott saying that he hopes Nikki Haley's speech today is her dropout speech. It was not her dropout speech. It was her speech letting us know that she's in it, not to win it, but she's in it. And, you know, something he just said there, he said, if she wants to do what's best for the nation, I think that's part of the problem is that she does not have any interest in doing at this point what's best for the nation. She's doing, and this is not anything new with politicians, she's doing what's best for Nikki Haley. And you might say to yourself, well, Grace, it doesn't seem like it would be best for Nikki Haley to be humiliated in South Carolina. Like Tim Scott said, you don't have a lot of presidents who lose their own states. But I would argue that the presidential ambitions that she might have are coming second to pleasing these donors who could probably get her a really nice job after this, you know, corporate board. She could be she she oftentimes is dealing with accusations of being a globalist rhino. So this is she's making those people happy. It doesn't matter if she's doing what's best for the nation. She's doing best. She's doing what's best for those GOP donors who hate Donald Trump and who want her to stay there right now. And I think that that's where 
her loyalties lie. I don't think she's that concerned with the Republican Party or with the Republican base. Uh, I wanted to mention here, it's a local story for you. This is from the Boston Herald. It's Joe Battenfeld, and it says, Michelle Wu's divisive decision to exclude thousands of kids from free museums. So Joe, his first line in this column is, Michelle Wu loves feel-good initiatives that give away free stuff and never worries about the cost to taxpayers or businesses. I would also add in, Michelle Wu loves to exclude people. That's kind of becoming part of her brand. The brand of Michelle Wu, whether it's Christmas parties, I'm sorry, holiday parties, or trips to the museum, it's all about exclusion. It's all about letting certain groups of people know, you're not welcome. You're not invited. So her decision to exclude thousands of charter, parochial, and Metco school children from her free museum weekend program is mean-spirited and divisive, pitting families against each other. Yeah, well, that's what she likes to do. I'm surprised she didn't just say, listen, we're going to offer free museum trips to all the kids in the city except for the white kids. That seems like it would be just an easier way for her to get her point across But uh, she's deciding to break this up based on which schools she wants to have free trips. She may not have intended it that way, but her move to reward only Boston public school kids with free passes has left low-income families in charter schools and in the Metco program with no place to go. See, I would tell Joe Battenfeld, I think she probably did intend it that way. I don't think Michelle Wu's doing a lot of things by accident. I think you're giving her a little... A little too much benefit of the doubt. Another Massachusetts update for you. John Deaton, a Republican and crypto attorney, kicks off bid to unseat Elizabeth Warren. It's going to be tough. Going to be tough to unseat Elizabeth Warren here in Massachusetts. Um, I hope he's got a plan to talk shrinkflation and Doritos and Oreos because she's really making that a huge part of her platform right now. Uh, 844-500-4242. We have tons to get to. When we come back, I want to focus on this story out of the Big Apple and also why CNN is now writing glowing articles about Kamala Harris. They're saying the VP is taking charge of the Biden campaign, which if you thought the Biden campaign was screwed before, They've got more issues to worry about. And also four illegal immigrants charged with strangling a man on Chicago train. Chicago police have arrested and charged four illegal immigrants with battery by strangulation and robbery of a man on the pink rail line. The extent of injuries to the 49-year-old victim is still unclear. The four illegal immigrants, this is from the post-millennial, allegedly robbed and strangled the 49-year-old male while they got close to the station in the afternoon on Saturday. We're seeing stories like this now almost every single day. And one other thing I wanted to mention here, we don't know the identities of the shooters at the Kansas City Chiefs parade. And Ann Coulter, we played a cut yesterday of Ann Coulter saying, well, we know that the shooters weren't white because if they were white, we would have already heard about it. We would have known, you know, their social media presence. We we would have known everything about them within 45 minutes. And Van Jones and Bill Maher were very perplexed by this. You know, they thought she was speaking out of turn. They thought that it was a little bit outrageous what she was saying. And now a lot of people are saying, well, we don't know their their identities because they're juveniles. They're under 18. But a lot of people on social media have been pointing out that 
when you're talking about, for example, the fan in face paint at the Kansas City Chiefs game who wore the headdress, who was slandered online, he was nine years old. So juveniles don't get a pass all the time with the media. We'll be right back.